let's talk about the retail thefts we're seeing. Uh, big uh, issue, of course, in our community. We continue to see these stories make national news, and it's affecting retailers in yet another way. There's this uh, tourists and visitors may be staying away. I wonder what Rob Carr is witnessing or what he's seeing as he looks around and talks to retailers across town. He's with the Illinois Retail Merchants Association, the CEO. And thank you, Rob, for joining us here on WGN. And great to be with you. What do you notice here? I mean, we saw another one of these high-profile crimes. You saw the Lamborghini dealership get hit, broad daylight. They, they did have security. I know a lot of people say, well, have the stores and get their own security. They had security. Seemed like they were doing what they could. What do you make of that? Yeah, let's address a couple myths here. First, this isn't pandemic-related. This has been going on for a decade. It's been increasing dramatically. It's up 60% in the last five years, according to the National Retail Federation. They're clearly getting more bold they being the thieves, um, you know, to the point we've got cameras in place. We've got armed security guards. Look at Perillo uh, yeah, well, yesterday over the weekend. Right. Armed guards standing there. Um, they're they're, uh, they're unafraid of all of those things because I don't think there's any consequences. So retailers are uh, rightfully concerned that all of their uh, tens of millions of dollars they spend annually just in Illinois on asset protection is for naught. Yeah. And that's what you heard the Perillo, uh, Joe Perillo say. He was he was interviewed shortly after his store got hit and millions of dollars in watches were grabbed from uh, a case there. Um, much dif- more difficult to get a car out of there. But they, they certainly had probably what staked, staked the joint before and knew what to get. Isn't this seem like a highly organized one to you? What do you think about that, Rob? It does seem like an organized uh, an organized effort. And I think what is being missed by a lot of people, including policymakers, is this is related to so many other crimes. This is a funding source, and it is a growing funding source for criminal syndicates, and they use it to fund other things like illegal guns, drugs, human trafficking, and more. So it, instead of seeing this as a one-off or, quote-unquote, just retail theft, they really need to see it for what it is, which is an organized retail crime syndicate. And that's how it needs to be addressed. Millions of dollars in some cases. You've seen police recover warehouses full of goods that are all part of the same theft ring. They're mostly, I'm told, they're selling these on, on secondary markets like Amazon and eBay, and they're getting rid of the stuff that way and making a ton of dough doing it. I, I know that there have been some efforts, including from the attorney general, to try to get their participation, the tech giants, to say, wait a minute, ask for authentication, do a better job at vetting who's posting all this merchandise on your site. Is that part of the solution? Rob? It is part of the solution. Attorney General Kwame Raul is to be credited for, he is seeing this for what it is, a broader um, coordinated effort. Uh, we are proud to be part of his task force from its inception. He and I talk regularly on this issue. As you noted, they just you know busted a, a warehouse containing a little over a million dollars of the merchandise over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, or last weekend, I'm sorry. Um, so we're proud to be a part of him and, and pleased that he is seeing it this way. We need other elected officials to see it this way. You know, when I started representing retailers almost 30 years ago, we were talking about, you know, back of the cars and, and flea markets uh, and pawn shops, and it's now moved online. Nothing bad about online. Criminals will just use any legitimate means for illegitimate purposes. There's a bill making its way through Washington that has been uh, agreed to um, that, um, you know, uh, will help it begin to address that online portion of it. You mentioned consequences as part of it, that these are becoming more brazen, even though there are cameras and armed security guards and they're happening middle of the day. And you didn't really see that as often in the past. I think it's fair to say. And part of that you're saying is consequences. I heard today that Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox, says she will review the policy and see if there's more that they can do. What do you what do you make of that? 
Yeah, she indicated she'd review the policy. Uh, you know, she and I have spoken. We're going to speak again. Um, I actually, you know, we get along well with her. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but that's never required for a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, though, when you look around the nation, you look at where this is, where these real hotbeds are, and you look at what the policies are when it comes to retail theft, A, not seeing it as what it is, which is an organized retail criminal syndicate, and B, the fact that you increase the threshold. These criminals are smart. They steal to the threshold, or they, you know, individuals steal just to the threshold, and combined they have an awful lot. But they go where they, they think there's weak targets, and what they see right now in Illinois and in the Chicago area is uh, a lack of uh, substantial prosecution, sustained prosecution, enforcement. I want to just point it just the state's attorney's office. It takes the entire criminal justice continuum to address this. But they also see our leaders pointing fingers at each other and casting blame instead of sitting down with us Mm -hmm. to work out the problems. Mm -hmm. And that presents an opportunity, is what you're saying? Totally presents an opportunity. They'll they'll go again. Criminals go to, they're they're opportunistic. They're a lot like sharks, right? They're going to get the get uh, fed where it's the easiest to get fed. And um, they, they see Chicago as an easy target right now. You saw that Joe Perillo also in his, I, yeah, maybe he gave a few interviews. The one I saw, he said, you know what, now what we're going to do is we're going to lock the doors all day during business hours. You'll come in by appointment only. We'll buzz you in. And that's just the way we're going to have to do it. Is that the way we have to do it? That might work for cars, right? And that might work for small, very small retail boutiques. But that will not work for the vast majority of retail, and that will not work for consumers unless you want every consumer to only shop online. Retail is an experience. It is, it is the ability of the consumer to go when they want, where they want, to try on, touch, feel, experience. You can't put everything in a store behind a locked door, behind a glass case, or tie it to a chain. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, and how sad that it that it has to get to that point. It feels as if there's got to be, what you just point out, a combined effort to attack this from multiple fronts and not put it entirely on the stores to beef up security and come up with these outrageous policies. You know, the, I think you, you were quoted as saying it was like armed camps they have to set up in order to, to stop this kind of thing. That That can't be. That's not good for anybody. That's not good for anybody, and that's not the image I don't think we want for you know Chicago. And we have to keep in mind this isn't just the Mag Mile, right? This is happening right. everywhere: Englewood, Little Village, Lakeview, wherever it might be. It's happening, and so um, I don't think we want our retail corridors looking like armed camps. Again, that doesn't provide a good experience for the consumer. It pushes everybody to online. Um, and when we think about theft, this isn't a victimless crime. Every item that goes out the door is sales tax that isn't collected. And that goes to the bottom line of the services government tries to provide. Retail is the largest revenue generator for local governments and the second largest for the state. Our leaders have a vested interest in ensuring they're protecting uh, their their revenue sources. Well, and, and even worse than that, I think, is that you, you see retailers saying, we'll leave. And you've seen them leave. You've seen them pull out. Now, they cite a lot of different reasons why that is. But the tax base entirely can't go away. This is MagMile alone is, what, $1.9 billion in taxes it generates for the city. Even if you don't shop there, it's funding our schools. It's funding our infrastructure. It's funding everything that makes the city run. It's an important part of our economy. I mean, I've never seen, again, been at this almost 30 years, this is the first time where I've seen safety listed in the top one or two reasons of where a store is going, where a company is going to decide whether to keep or a store open or locate a store. Um, we know that it's showing up in consumer surveys about concerns about going shopping. We know that it's showing up in tourist surveys about concern. You can change all sorts of, you can redesign and reimagine uh, corridors, such as the recent plan that came out about Mag Mile, 
You can do all sorts of those neat things, and those should be done, but until you address the atmosphere, uh, the safety issue, you're not going to get people back down to work regularly. You're not going to get 55 million of vis- visitors back regularly, um, and that's going to cause an ongoing problem. Mm-hmm. 815 says, I was in Seattle recently. All the big stores, the high-priced stores, had security guard lines out the door, but I felt safer. I know this goes both ways. Some people, when we had all the flashing blue lights along Michigan Avenue, for example, people said, well, wait a minute, does that mean something's about to happen? And people didn't like that. Others said, no, you know what? That presence made me feel safer. How, how do you how do you feel about that? I think the presence of the presence can be a good thing. It's again, it's how it's done. Um, you want enough visibility that the criminals know this is not an easy target. You also want them to know there's consequences if they choose to try to make it a target. Mm-hmm. It, it works hand in hand. It's not just the police. It's not just the prosecutors. It's not just the courts. It's all of the above. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you're having conversations with all of the above because it does truly feel to me as if everybody's got to do this hands on deck approach. And there has been a lot of finger pointing and it has gotten to this point where it's like, come on, people, we're all on the same page. We all have the same goals. We want the city people to feel safe in the city. We want people to be safe and we want these businesses to continue to be located here. We certainly don't want more to leave. And and you you did hear that, that uh, the owner of the of the Lamborghini dealership there, Perillo, said that, well, I might just move. I might just move. And, And you don't want that. You really don't want that. No, you don't. You don't want that because that creates additional vacancies. I mean, we already have, you know, substantial vacancies throughout the city of Chicago for commercial industrial property. Um, we know, you know, additional property tax burden is being shifted to them. We think rather unfairly, but that's a topic for another time. But adding safety, adding uh, losses, you know, criminal losses to it is another uh, backbreaking component. I mean, this is the first time we've seen uh, organized retail crime show up in shareholder reports. That's never been done before. That shows you the extent of the problem and the severity. Yeah, and how much they're shelling out for that kind of thing. It's, um, it is sure. a, a problem, Rob. I, I appreciate you coming on with us, and I hope you, you stay in touch when you hear things about you know, what we should know. We're going to take a leadership role and have some uh, constructive suggestions in the near future and be happy to talk to you about those uh, when those are announced. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate the time today. Thank you.